Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. So before I get started on today's podcast, I need to just talk about this because it is becoming a favorite show of mine. So back in March, we were in Atlanta and my daughter was at the NC2As for swimming. And the meet starts on Wednesday and it goes through Saturday. So it's quite a number of days and we didn't see her for a few days. We saw her down on the pool, but not outside for a few days. But when we did see her, she shared with us like her new obsession and she was watching it during the meet because they had gotten there. I think Sunday or something. So they're there for a whole week. And so in that white space of time, she found this show, which totally surprised us. We were just shocked because one, she has a story. She does not like sports, even though she's an athlete. And two is this was so out of our realm, like even our family's realm. It was on Netflix and it's called Formula One Drive to Survive. And she loved it. And she was telling us all about it. And she imagined herself as a car when she was racing and warming up and warming down and she would make the car sounds to herself. And it was a way for her to have focus and also I'm sure like overcome, you know, the performance stuff and then the anxiety that comes with performing and being at the collegiate NC2As is the fastest meet in the country, in the world. And she talked about it. And so we, you know, we heard her and said, okay, great. And didn't think much of it. And then when my husband and I came back from our trip to Mexico, he sent me an email with an article called, and I'll put it in the show notes, 16 TV shows for couples who can't agree on what to watch. That's a great title. (laughs) 16 TV shows for couples who can't agree on what to watch. And we'll put this in the show notes. And the first one we've already seen, which is Ted Lasso. The second one is Top Chef. And then the third one was Formula One. And so as we were trying to figure out what to watch, I was like, hey, let's let's test this out. And I really enjoyed it. And there's so much that I didn't know. Well, I didn't know anything about Formula One, but I've been learning and it's been fun. And so when I like something, I really want to learn more. And I'm only in season two right now. So I can't go into the internet because I don't want to know what's happening right now in season 2022 and going into 2023. The cool thing is one of my husband's swimmers is in this industry. So I get to text him and ask him all sorts of questions. (laughs) Poor thing. But Love, love, love the show. And if you're looking for something to watch, like one of the things is that in that white space of what do I watch? You know, what is something, right? It takes some brain juice. And for those of us that are struggling with decision fatigue, it's the thing I love about having a show is you don't have to think about it. You just go back to it. It's like a really good book that you're reading. You go back to it and it's something that you don't have to make a decision. It's already kind of a nice plan. So Love, love, love Formula One. I have so many thoughts about it and how it's, again, another classroom for us about when we look at life, but maybe one day I'll share it with you all, but not right now, because today I'm here to talk about wasting time. 
on vacation. As I've talked about and as I've shared, I had two holidays. They went back to back, two and a half weeks with my family, right? My kids and my husband and I, where we traveled in the East Coast, New England, Boston, Maine. And that was a very action-oriented vacation. There were things to do, sites to see, destinations to get to, people to visit. We went bike riding, we went exploring, went whale watching, and that was really cool to see the whales. We also went a boat ride. Got up at early in the morning at 3.30 in the morning to go watch a sunrise, the first in the U.S. So we did all of that. There was a lot of good stuff. We know how to have downtime, but it was pretty busy. We had an intention of we wanted to explore. There were certain things that each of us wanted to do. We went to a Red Sox-Yankee game. That was really cool at the Boston Red Sox. We did a little bit of shopping, not so much, but there was a little bit of shopping that got done. So it was a very full vacation. And I remember going through that holiday going, I can't wait to get to Mexico. (laughs) When I go to Mexico, I'm going to rest and restore because that's what Mexico was about. It was about having downtime. And at one point the hotel had contacted me and they said, oh, what activities would you like to schedule? (laughs) What excursions? And finally, probably midway through our New England trip, I emailed back. I said, we will not be leaving the resort. We will be staying there. We'll be eating all our meals there. We will be staying there because I wanted to not move. I wanted to not have to be any place. I wanted to rest and restore. So the intention of the second holiday was rest and restoration. It was really time to do some deep inner work, some deep healing. You know, the last two and a half years has been hard. And while I am strong and I can endure, it was really time to kind of put things back together, right? The wear and the tear. It's like when you're an athlete and you've been training hard and it's really nice to have recovery days or it's really nice to have, I loved August as a swimmer because it was my time off from training, you know? I love getting, you know, rub downs or massages because that could allow for some just flushing out of things. And that's what my trip to Mexico was about. It was the intention to rest and restore and to do basically whatever I wanted to do. I didn't have to negotiate with my kids. I didn't have to manage people, right? And so it sounds lovely and wonderful and like, oh, you're now Corinne living in the promised land. (laughs) <laughs> and my clients who are listening, they're laughing too, because we, we talk about this, right? The promised land, the white space, like getting what it is that you want and the shit shows that occur. So while I was traveling with my family, the people I love most on the planet, there were tough days, right? There were tough days, whether it's owning your voice in a strong-willed family, figuring out the Venn diagram of who wants different things and how do we make it all work, You know, the disappointment of when you have a whale watching and you get there and you're all early and you have your rain jackets that you've purchased so that, you know, you can be protected from the water and you go there and it's canceled due to the weather. And then the disappointment that a child faces, well, not a child, but an adult child faces because of that. And then to be able to figure out that, hey, we can do that, you know, in Boston, it doesn't have to be in Maine. There was all that tension and stress and having to figure out like you've been in Boston of where to park and how to park and getting to certain places. So we understand that when it's busy and there's activity and we have four people who want different things. 
But then you think, oh, going to a resort, you're going to be taken care of. It's rest and restoration. What kind of tension and stress points can there be, Corinne? (laughs) A lot of it came to my brain, right? It really came down to my brain. It came down to all the stories in my head, all the voices, the dictator, right? Telling me what I should be doing. I should be more productive, (laughs) Remember, the whole intention of the trip was to rest and restore and basically to do whatever I wanted to do. But my brain was like, okay, but I'm supposed to do this, right? Or the tension of which swimming pool do I go and swim in, right? Well, whichever one I wanted to. And if I don't want to get in, I don't need to. But it was all these thoughts of what I was supposed to do. And was I making good use of my time? Or was I wasting my time, right? And that came up so many times. The other part of my brain was what I thought my husband wanted to do. Would he be okay with this, right? He likes to be busy and do a lot of stuff. You know, would he be okay with this? And then the other was allowing myself what I really desired to do in that moment. So here's an example. I had packed puzzles because I love, love puzzles. I had packed books. I had packed paint by numbers. So puzzles and paint by numbers are like one of my fun things to do. I love it. I love to do that and get lost in either a podcast, usually audiobooks, because that's where I just don't get any interruptions. I love, love, love to do that. So I packed that. I packed workout gear and I knew we were not leaving, right? We were going to stay at the resort and I packed swimsuits. And so one evening we said, Hey, tomorrow morning, let's go for a walk down at the beach. We wanted to do it early because it was quite hot and humid in Cabo. And so we were going to go down for a walk on the beach. And honestly, beaches are not my favorite thing. I don't like to lay out in the sun. I'm not a big fan of sand. (laughs) That's a whole nother story, but I do really like the ocean and I like walking along the beach. And so we said, yes, let's do that. We'll get up in the morning and we'll go before it gets too hot and then go about our day. Well, we got up and I really, really wanted to do my puzzle. And I had woken up actually quite early that morning. And one of the things throughout both vacations is we slept quite a bit. It was so delightful, like eight or nine hours, which was so needed and delightful. And, you know, hadn't been sleeping that much. I've been working on my sleep to get to seven hours during just the regular time. But being able to get this extra sleep was really quite lovely. And I remember going like, okay, my husband's still sleeping. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this puzzle. And then he went and read some and he was waiting and I just kept wanting to do the puzzle. I didn't want to go and walk on the beach. And as I talked about Formula One, when I'm into something, I really like am in. It's like, I just, I become obsessed a bit. And I really was having fun with figuring out this puzzle. I love, love puzzles. I love figuring out the piece. And then I get a bit of a dopamine hit when I find it and it feels so good. And then I want more of it and I keep going. And I was stressing because I'm like, oh, but I'm wasting time. I need to get down on the beach and I need to go on this walk because it's going to get hot and we only have so many days left. And if I don't do this, I'm wasting time. And I had to catch that story. I had to say, is this really wasting time? Here's something that I'm thinking I'm supposed to do. What is it I really want to do? And this is really important to get clear because some of you may be thinking, no, you need to find out what your husband wants to do. I understand that. 
first I need to find out what it is that I want to do. Once I have more clarity, not a clear, crisp, totally in it, right? But more clarity of what it is that I want. Then I can approach him and say, what do you want? You know, do you want to go for a walk? Are you happy reading here? What do you want? And he he was fine. He was reading a book he was enjoying. I did my puzzle some more, you know, and then we went off and about to our next activity later on in the day. We went to, there was a gym there and there was a pool and I actually swam every day that I was there. And here's the thing. I can't tell you how many times in the vacation that of my design, of my choice, of what basically to do whatever I wanted, right? And then the person I needed to check in with was with my husband because we were traveling together. But I kept having these voices of, you're wasting time, Corinne. You're wasting time, right? That, my friend, is what happens when we go into and we have these white spaces and we have the space because all of a sudden that brain of ours has these voices. I called it the dictator earlier. That's telling us, no, this is what you need to do, right? One of the things that I've always valued is being really productive, right? I'm a high achiever. I'm really productive. I like to get stuff done. I used to think my value came from how much I got done. I'm still a work in progress in that. But wasting time was not something that I understood how to do. And oftentimes I think about when I was an athlete, the only time I could waste time was when I was so exhausted from training that it was like, oh, okay, that can happen. Or if I wasted time, I just thought, oh, I'm lazy and there's something wrong with me. But this time of where there's not something that's led to productivity, like doing a puzzle doesn't lead to anything, right? That doesn't contribute to anything. It's play. But what it does do is it fills me up and it's so fun and I was putting it together and it was so delightful and I could see shapes and I'm listening to this book and it was so delightful. And actually, I guess kind of the double sin for me was I was doing a puzzle and I was listening to a fiction book. So it wasn't even like I was learning. So really wasting time. But my intention for my vacation was to rest and restore rest and restore, right? I was tired. My body was tired. It was time to rest and restore. Really, really important. And yes, it is a luxury to be able to have that restoration. It's a luxury to be able to explore, explore what it is that I want to do that isn't contingent on anything else, isn't a responsibility you know, I need to do this so that I can have a deliverable. I need to do this so that it goes into my business, right? It was something that I wanted to do for fun for me. And it was about getting connected with myself, right? It was about connecting with my husband and finding out what he wanted to do after I knew what I wanted to do and what my range was. And that is how we heal with rest and restoration. So many of people I talk with are burnt out. I have clients who are, have extreme burnout right now. The last two and a half years have been really hard. People in the workplace are really brittle. We're seeing decision fatigue happen again back in the workplace, right? We are exhausted. We have, 
you know, with kids and education, we have developmental gaps from the last two and a half years. This isn't story fondling. This is identifying the different struggles. For some people, it's beyond the two and a half years. You know, they've been dealing with stuff for four years, six years, some people even longer, right? So it's about understanding and owning your story and loving yourself. I wasn't cheating anything. I wasn't doing anything bad. This week was designed for me to take up space in my life where I didn't have to be productive. I didn't bring any books for work. I didn't bring work to do, which is, you know, 50 years of progress. Well, not 50, but probably 35 years of progress traveling and saying, oh, I'll I'll get caught up on this. You didn't do that. I specifically made it time to play and to do what I wanted to do. And if that meant that it was, quote, perceived as wasting time, it wasn't wasting time. It was about having an absence of demand and no pressure to do anything. And how often do we get to have that in our lives, right? When we're parents, there's this constant ongoing pressure. If you're leading people, there's the constant demands. There's people that you're responsible for, right? There's so much that we have been carrying and being able to rest and restore. That is healing. And restoration happens from tranquility. I'm going to read to you about tranquility from Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart. So the definition, the research definition of tranquility is tranquility is associated with the absence of demand and no pressure to do anything. I'm going to repeat that because this is all something that we can work on. Tranquility is associated with the absence of demand and no pressure to do anything. And that's exactly what my trip to Cabo was. And some of you may say, well, that's great, Corinne. You get to go to Cabo. I can't do that. I have worked on this when I've done stuff like stay vacations and being at home and not doing anything and allowing myself that space. You know, at this point in my life, I really find leaving my environment really helps me clear that energy, but that wasn't always the case. And especially the last two and a half years or that first year when we were sheltering place and we were all at home, there was not tranquility in my life for sure. Right. And I would have been really challenging to unpack that. But in February of 2021, my husband and my daughters went to their conference championships for swimming and they were gone for, I don't know, Tuesday to Saturday, maybe Sunday. Oh my gosh. It was so delightful. I got a lot of stuff cleaned up and I did have tranquility later in the week. I did my paint by numbers. I had lots of alone time. It was amazing. I was wishing they could stay away for another week. I love them and I love the space of where I could do what I wanted, where there was an absence of demand and there was no pressure to do anything. I don't want that 24 seven in my life, but I do and want to increase my ability to have tranquility in my life. And I've been working on this. This isn't something that has just happened. Now here's the thing, and this is really important. You may hear this and go, Ooh, I desperately need tranquility right? I have so many demands. I'm burnt out. I'm exhausted. I need tranquility. 
It's also about building the capacity to be able to have the tranquility, right? That was something that I worked on when I was in Cabo. And when I was talking to you about those days, that was like in the first three days or so. And then I was able to lean into it more and remind myself more. And I know the next trip I go on, I'll be able to get better at it. I'll keep practicing. Because one of the things that I work on and I know is that I continue to practice and I get better. I used to call myself a slow learner and that I would learn it and I'd really be able to master it. So that is one of my goals is to get really comfortable with tranquility. And whether it is on a trip or at home during part of the week or even part of the day is being able to have that space of tranquility. Now, One of the things in her book that she talks about is the mental fatigue and the tension depletion that we are experiencing can be restored from tranquil environments. And according to researchers, Rachel and Stephen Kaplan, they found that there are four essential elements of a restorative environment. The first is a sense of getting away. Second is a feeling of immersion. Third is holding attention without effort. And fourth is compatibility with one's preferences. So this can be going on a trip, doing something lavish like I did going to Cabo. It can also be doing my puzzles at my kitchen table with no one around with their demands where I can get lost in it or painting by numbers. So I invite you to think about that because I know my younger self hearing this would have been like, well, that's great for you, but I have little kids and there's no way I can go anywhere. So la da. When my kids were young, one of the things that I loved to do was scrapbook. There were some issues because I couldn't scrapbook with them around, but if my husband would take him out for the day, that was something that I could do. And I would get into this. I would, it was a sense of me getting away from my day to day, right? It was a feeling of immersion. I'd hold my attention without effort. And then there was a compatibility with what I wanted to do. So there are many ways it's about looking at what are, what are the constraints in your life? What are the opportunities and what are the potential obstacles and figuring out a way? Cause it is figure outable. The other thing that the Kaplan's research shows is that there are auditory and visual components to tranquil environments. And this includes elements of nature and low levels of noise. I've had guests come on and talk about this. I've talked about this, right? Going and getting nature washing by going outside and being with the trees, being outside, being outdoors with the dirt, being with water. I have a friend who one of the things that she likes to do as she gets more and more tired and exhausted is she likes to drive and go to the beach and sit there and watch the ocean and watch the waves. She loves that. That fills her. That for her is tranquility. So high tranquility, according to the Kaplan's research and in Brene's book, Atlas, includes fields and forests and large bodies of water. They said that urban settings tend not to induce tranquility. Makes sense to me. Allow yourself the space. And when you have the time, is it really wasting time? Or are you providing an environment where you're cultivating tranquility? 
right? Which again, tranquility is associated with the absence of demand and no pressure to do anything. So when you go into something, one of the things I like to do is what is my intention? What is it that I want from this time or this space? And when I can be discerning and deliberate about it, it's a lot easier for me to move through when I get those dictator voices that are so deeply programmed from either my family of origin, cultural programming, right? The thing that helps me become successful, that voice, when I go back and I check in with what was my intention? What do I want from this time and space? It allows me to lean in to the tranquility. It's not that you go, oh, I've now mastered tranquility and there's no voices. Oftentimes there will be, right? There's still times in my life I go, seriously, am I allowed to do this? (laughs) And it's like, yes, Corinne, you are an adult. You've made these choices and you are accepting of these consequences. You've managed your risk. Now go and enjoy it and commit to the best case scenario. This is part of the process. It's messy. This is what it is really like behind the green curtain, as I like to say, right? So often with my clients, they think it's going to be once they get there, it's that promised land, they won't have these voices. Our brain is always going to be there because it's trying to protect us. And it uses fear to say, hey, maybe you won't be okay. But we need this tranquility. So my invitation for you is to be comfortable with tranquility, which is to relish in the feeling of doing nothing. And even if it's about listening to the show while maybe you're washing some dishes or folding some laundry or, you know, doing some work, and that is your first step into leaning into tranquility, yay you, my friend. If it's that you can sit outside and look at the grass or the trees and breathe that in and let go of the laundry that hasn't been folded or, you know, whatever that needs to get done and take in that moment. Yay, you meet yourself where you are and know that you can practice this. You can develop this. I call it a muscle, right? And you can grow it and lean into it, become more comfortable. I'm going to become more comfortable with tranquility. All right, my friend, I'm smiling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night because 
It can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so 